Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this special audio introduction of Trek Geeks Game Night. We're very excited to bring this to you. Uh, it's a project that's been uh, in the works for a little bit. So this is, of course, Bill Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan Davidson. Dan, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. Great job, buddy. <laughs> Why don't you take a seat? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is a this is a project that uh, that our friend Dan Garcia brought to us and said, "Hey, what do you think?" And we kind of let him run with it, and it's turned into something pretty fun, I think, buddy. Yeah, it really has. And I got to tell you, I didn't know mo- I didn't know a lot about this whole thing that is this gaming adventure that takes place online, and and looking at everything that's involved in it and the amazing job that Dan has done. Um, it really is incredible the amount of passion that the people have for doing this. And I'm very, very excited that we have it here on the podcast network. You know, it's it's very much like Dungeons and Dragons, mm. at least in the way it's played. I mean, there are dice, there's decisions, there's a game master. And, and our game master and crew will introduce themselves momentarily. And we hope you're going to take a little time to get to know them as they begin their journey. The crew of the USS Hathaway will be journeying to worlds unknown as they explore the galaxy playing the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game for Modiphius. With each adventure, they'll be faced with situations few have ever experienced as they boldly go. You can view all the missions of the Hathaway crew at youtube.com slash trekgeeks. (laughs) I can't talk. I'm going to Disney. So subscribe today. That's youtube.com slash trekgeeks. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so now we turn things over to the host of Trek Geeks Game Night, your game master, Dan Garcia, as he introduces us to their mission. It's the year 2285. Admiral Kirk is at Starfleet Headquarters. Captain Spock is in command of the Enterprise. And somewhere on SETI Alpha 5, Khan is not expecting to escape the doomed planet that has now turned desolate. The adventures of the Enterprise have become legend, and several of those legendary stories have not been told as of yet. However, there are other ships in the fleet that are commissioned with the task of exploring the galaxy for answers, to discover questions that the Federation doesn't know exist, and to meet new beings and species of all design and nature. Our story will follow one of those ships designed to expand the reach of the Federation and the areas that they can explore. A new crew gathers at Luna's Copernicus shipyard to get the first real look of the newest ship in the fleet, as well as what will become home, protector, and companion for several years to come. Here in the orbital construction berth sits the soon-to-be USS Hathaway, NCC-2593, Constellation Class, Exploration Cruiser. Welcome to the stories and adventures of the USS Hathaway and her commissioning crew. I am your GM, Dan. I am your guide through these stories, laying the visual and mental stages that the Hathaway's crew will work through. We are using the Star Trek Adventures core and expansion books written and published by Modifius Entertainment. Their products can be found at www.modifius.com. I have laid out rules for my players, and each character has an extensive and full background. For most of these characters, this is not their first command, and will likely not be their last. My team of players look forward to sharing their character's history, episode by episode, and develop the group dynamic together while adventuring through space.
We are always interested in constructive feedback from the people following our adventures, but I ask that you understand that as a GM, I prefer to put the story first, the player interaction second, and the spirit of the adventure next. The letter of the law when it comes to rules may be something we may not get right all the time. I do not want to break the emotion or flow of the situation while flipping through one of the five books currently available in Star Trek Adventures. So with that said, please enjoy the stories we plan to share with all of you. Before we introduce the characters, I want to share some of what the players participated in to be selected for this production. First, it started with them volunteering for the process to be considered for selection. Then they participated in two different test games. These test games were, in fact, the first time some of these players had ever played Star Trek Adventures. Next was an interview by me, which involved Star Trek trivia, followed by an additional round of Star Trek-related questions, where they had to support their choice of answers, followed by the creation of their characters, and then playing in two different practice games. The total process will have taken nine weeks by the time our first official episode airs, and I am proud of the work that they did and feel fortunate to call this group of people my newest friends. Thanks for all of you for putting up with my schedule and participating in this group effort. Now let's start the introduction of the characters our players have chosen for Trek Geeks Game Night, USS Hathaway. Captain Kell, welcome. Please sit down. I'm Counselor Bob. It's nice to meet you, Counselor Bob. We in the Starfleet Counseling Services like to keep it informal. It's so our clients feel relaxed. Right on. Do you know why you're here, Captain? Well, Bob, I think it's because I was told to be here. <laughs> well, it's, it's nothing to worry about. I'm about to administer the Starship Command Psychological Battery and Evaluation Exam. The SCB is absolutely standard procedure for first-time captains. It shouldn't take long. Then let's get started. I got a lot of things left to do before the Hathaway launches next week. You don't like counselors much, do you, Captain Kell? Nothing personal, Bob, but I've known a lot of them over the years. <laughs> okay, very well. Full name, rank, and position for the record. Rolara Kell, Captain Starfleet, Commanding Officer, USS Hathaway, NCC-2593. Place of birth? Laran Manev City, Trillius Prime. And what is your primary species? Trill. Age in Soul Standard Years? 33? That's so young for a starship captain. It's not James T. Kirk young. Still. However, I guess I shouldn't be surprised looking at your service record. Double major at the Academy in Xenoanthropology and Xenolinguistics. Selected for command track. Con officer of the USS Potemkin. Decorated for valor after rescuing Admiral Braithwaite and his staff from an ion storm. We're not talking about that. Everything about the Rutone 4 incident was already said in the court-martial. Promoted to Lieutenant Commander and transferred to Ops Officer of USS Albert. Because of the Rutone 4 incident. And promoted to Commander and received the Federation Xenolinguistic Society Medal of Achievement for deciphering ancient tablets on Draken 4 in 2283. What? You're rated fluent in 11 languages. 12, actually. Passed my Andorian language battery test last week. They haven't updated my file yet. Impressive. Shakasor Merikan Vorshim Gas. I'll take your word for it. What do you do for fun? My father was a poet. He taught me that writing was the best escape from your troubles. I also enjoy playing with my miniature Targ, Koloth. We found him on an abandoned Klingon research station near the neutral zone, and I couldn't just leave him there. Sounds like a cute little guy. All right, the SCB only has one more question. Growing up, why did you want to become the captain of a starship? I didn't. What? 
my mother was a diplomat. My entire family, going back six generations, represented Trill abroad. That's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Pretty much every officer I've ever met said they wanted to be in Starfleet from the very beginning. It's not really what you would call a secondary career choice. Why didn't you just join the Diplomatic Corps? Something happened that made that politically difficult. I received a position that was originally reserved for someone else. A lot of people thought I didn't deserve it. It was the hardest thing I ever had to deal with. But there's an old Trill saying I learned from a new friend that got me through. When nothing goes as planned, the world is in balance. Nobody in my family has ever been in Starfleet, but I still wanted to serve my homeworld and the Federation. It seemed like the best choice. So service to others is important to you. Taking care of my people and getting them home safely is the only thing that's important to me, kiddo. I see. Well, pardon me for asking, but was it a difficult marriage that didn't work out? Arranged, perhaps? That often causes a lot of friction between families of many different cultures. Excuse me? Well, it's just that in your file, your family name is Talon, and now you go by Kel. I just figured you got married and then divorced based on your record's marital status being single. Starfleet Uniform Code of Justice, Chapter 4, Paragraph 8, Subsection 3, Bravo, Religious and Cultural Exemptions, says I don't have to discuss this. So no, Bob, I'm not going to answer any more questions. I'm Commander Robert Tretner. While I'm originally from Earth, I have not spent much time on it. I was born and raised in Starfleet vessels, and like many others in my extended family, I followed my parents around from one assignment to the next. I grew up surrounded by other children who were in similar situations as myself. But more often than not, I was alone, as there were no other kids around. Usually I followed other officers around, and I looked what they were doing. I learned by watching. The traditions and values of Starfleet, even some those predating the Federation, run very deep in my family. My family is proud to serve, and I knew early on where my path would lead me. I joined Starfleet Academy when I was 18 years old, where I was focused on flight training and astronavigation, the things I picked up while shadowing some of the officers on the Starfleet vessels when I grew up. My first posting as an ensign was on the USS Miranda as a junior helmsman, and eventually I was promoted to lieutenant. After that, I served on the USS Potemkin as elite project manager and test pilot of experimental fighter shuttlecraft. I was promoted to lieutenant commander and transferred to Starbase 1 to continue the development of these craft, and then train new pilots at Starfleet Academy. Eventually, I was promoted to commander and transferred to the USS Hathaway as CAG to field test the new fighter squadrons, as well as to serve as the first officer of Captain Kell. My career in Starfleet, at points, seemed like it was done. I made a lot of mistakes. While they were well-intentioned, they were mistakes nonetheless, and I paid the price and still suffered the consequences. I have no illusions that the posting on the Hathaway is not only a test of the new fighter craft, but also of myself, and also how I fit into the future plans of Starfleet. The name's Lieutenant Commander Groktal, Tellarite from the Colony World Magrakel Major, an R&D colony responsible for integrating scientific and engineering principles from every member world of the fledgling Federation. My parents were inventors, 
and from a young age I was their entire quality control department. They used to say, if Grok can break it, it's not ready yet. It's true. I would often forego homework in order to tear apart whatever new piece of tech my parents had developed. When I was barely 16, Magrukel Major was two years into their build of a new class of starship. The Mercury Class. A few unforeseen problems cropped up and my parents sent me crawling through the ship's innards to fix it. It was the first time I had ever been aboard a Starfleet ship, and I loved it. It was at that moment I decided I wanted to join Starfleet. Starfleet Academy was harder than I thought. It was mostly school. Ugh. However, I graduated with my class with a specialty in operations. My first assignment was environmental control and life support systems technician aboard the USS Miami, a 40-year-old Lincoln class. That ship was a hunk of junk with a warp drive, but I still feel a sense of pride whenever I remember the old girl, even though she did try to kill me once. But that's a story for another day. I did get a promotion to Lieutenant Junior Grade and assigned the role of engineering assistant to the chief engineer for my troubles. So, it wasn't all bad. Then, three years later, as a lieutenant, I was reassigned to the USS Babylon, the sister ship to the USS Mercury, as their lead electrical engineer. After being on the Miami for so long, the Mercury still had that new starship smell to it. Yeah... You know the one I'm talking about. Several years later, on a whim, I applied for the chief engineer position on the USS Mercantile, a Gagarian-class science ship. I was certain there was no way I was going to get it. So, you can imagine my surprise when they offered me the position. I served aboard the Mercantile for 22 years. But again... Those are stories for another time. Life has a funny way of bringing you around in circles. And that's exactly what it felt like when I was assigned to Utopia Planitia Shipyards on Mars. While there, I helped design and build dozens of ships across half as many ship classes, including the Constellation. And when it was time to build the USS Hathaway, I laid the ship's keel myself. If I was going to be chief engineer on a starship again, I was going to know her inside and out. I oversaw the installation of every stem bolt, every coupler, every kilometer of conduit ran through these very hands. This was my ship. I'm starting my 63rd year in Starfleet. As the humans are apt to say, the Hathaway is my swan song, whatever that means. I guess if it means that I'm retiring after this, that it's good enough for me. I've been on a lot of ships and done a lot of different things. Whatever the Hathaway has ahead of her, I'm proud to be part of her crew. Long may she reign. My name is Lieutenant Sabin Trow. I was born on Starbase 375 in the Alpha Quadrant. My parents had been followers of Dr. Severin at one time, and despite living on a starbase, they avoided technology whenever possible. Growing up, we never had replicated food. 
They encouraged me to pursue the arts instead of science, but that really wasn't for me. I am very technically oriented, and I don't have a creative bone in my body. I strongly believe in better living through science and technology, and I have a special interest in all things related to computers. This interest did not please my parents. We had many bitter arguments about my future, and as soon as I was able to leave home to pursue my own interests, I did. I spent several years on Trill, studying at the best institutions of learning that my people have to offer, before deciding to seek new challenges at Starfleet Academy at the age of 20. At the Academy, I joined the Engineering program. I chose Engineering because it lined up well with my interest in computers. I also studied quite a bit of science, with the eventual goal of becoming the operations officer on a starship. At the Academy, while taking a required tactical course, I developed a good relationship with the instructor Colonel West. He took me under his wing to teach me many things. We had many long conversations at the phaser range, and he taught me a great deal. The most important thing I learned from Colonel West was always to have a plan. After graduating, I was posted as a junior operations officer on the USS Kerala, where I served with distinction for 11 years. The next step in my career is an assignment as the senior operations officer on the USS Hathaway. I am very much looking forward to this, as this is the position I have been working towards since I started at the Academy. The Hathaway is a good ship with a good captain and a good crew, and I am hoping that we can be part of something important. Personal Log, Lieutenant Stephen Etrigan. Wow. I knew this day would come eventually, but I never expected it to happen so soon. I just got word that I've been assigned as the Chief of Security aboard the USS Hathaway. I mean, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm only a 25-year-old lieutenant. This is only my second posting since I graduated Starfleet Academy back in 2282. Not too shabby for a half-breed of Frosian kid that grew up as a Starfleet brat. I gotta say, I'm not too crazy about this first set of orders, though. I've been told that I have to prepare an introduction speech so that the crew knows who I am and what I'm doing on the Hathaway. Seriously? I'm like the galaxy's worst when it comes to talking about myself. I'm nobody special. Nobody's gonna care what I have to say. Everything just seems to be happening so fast, you know? I mean, I'm still getting used to people asking the old who are you and what planet are you from question. It's kind of fun to watch the semi-confused look on people's face when I tell them I'm not from any planet. I usually give it a second or two before I tell them I was born on a Federation starship, the USS Saratoga. Oddly enough, as a half of Frosian, my official record has my planet of origin as Earth. But I suppose I can blame that on Mom. She was always worried about how a mixed breed of Frosian would be accepted by a mostly human Starfleet crew. I mean, seriously, when was the last time you met an Afrosian named Steven? Before Starfleet Academy, life was pretty normal. We went from Saratoga to Starbase 5 and then on to the USS Grissom. I learned two things during those years. I learned more and more martial arts, and I learned that I loved Starfleet. I guess the martial arts thing was mostly because I hated to lose. Starfleet, though? I've always known I wanted to be in Starfleet. I studied my butt off preparing for the entrance exam, and my folks pretty much had to peel me off the ceiling when I got accepted to the Academy at the age of 19. Starfleet Academy was so much fun. 
yeah, I know, I know. But seriously, it really was fun. Yeah, it was a ton of work, and I learned a lot. The classes that were the hardest were the ones that made everything so fun. I mostly specialized in the security program, but I took a pretty heavy load of command classes, too. Not because I want to be a starship captain or anything, but because I want to lead. I call it part of my Afrosian heritage or whatever. But I've found that the best way to teach people anything is to be a good leader. When you know how to lead, you can teach people by example. And when you can teach by example, people tend to learn more. You know what was cool? Graduating Starfleet Academy as an ensign and getting posted to the security division of the Federation Diplomatic Corps. I got to be part of some pretty cool protection details. And I guess I was pretty good at my job because I made Lieutenant JG in six months. One thing I learned real fast, though, diplomats are some of the dumbest smart people I've ever been around. It's like most of them still haven't figured out when your position is weak, you get steamrolled. But hey, every diplomat seems to think he's got the galaxy by the tail and everyone's going to play nice together. You know how I know they're full of crap? Because if they weren't, I wouldn't have a job. Don't get me wrong, diplomacy has its place, but I've seen firsthand how bad it can go when you're negotiating from a place of weakness. Diplomats have it rough. My job, though, my job's pretty straightforward. Keep my head on a swivel, always stay alert, keep a smile on my face, and have a plan to kill every single person in the room. Peace through superior firepower. Now I get to provide security for a brand new captain on a brand new shiny ship. I have to turn my people into a well-oiled peacekeeping machine. But I tell you what, when things turn to crap, my people are going to be right there busting whichever head needs it the most to keep our ship safe. You can bet on that. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. I'm still ranting on about a bunch of stuff nobody cares about. This speech thing can't be over soon enough. I swear, when I find out whose stupid idea this was, I'm going to introduce them to my best right hook. Computer. End log. Delete entry. Chief Medical Officer Zad of the USS Hathaway. Wow, that's a mouthful if you ask me. Yeah, I may come across chilly or cold as some, but I got work to do and often find that chit-chat just gets in the way. People are dying out there, and it's someone like me getting the job done that's going to save lives. This will be my first assignment on a starship, and I can't wait to get out there and continue to make a difference. See, as a child who was born on the northernmost reaches of Andoria, it wasn't easy leaving our home to places much warmer. My father was part of the Interspecies Medical Exchange, and my mother and I followed him. See, her hunger for knowledge matched his, and stellar cartography led her outward into the universe as much as medicine led my father inward. Somewhere in the middle, they created a life together. Our time spent on Mazar taught me much and exposed me to such a rich blend of diverse cultures, all there to learn and exchange ideas. I think we would have stayed forever if my mother didn't become ill. <clears throat> Plasma plague spread to sections of that planet, but as soon as we were cleared to leave, Father returned the two of us home. Mother never did. You know, I think it was in those moments that my dedication to eradicating those little microscopic crapheads was born. Back on Andoria, I continued to study alongside my father, now focusing on medicine. I was determined to give my mother's death meaning. Starfleet Academy was a natural course for me when I hit 18 as that was always the plan my family had for me. And as I studied for the entry exam, my father was recalled to active duty on the USS Hiawatha. Yeah, the very ship thought to be destroyed? Come to find out, it crashed on an asteroid in enemy space. Damn those Klingons for 
ever starting that war. My father was not one of those recovered on the ship. Anyways, as fate would have it, I joined the academy as an enlisted medical technician. That's when the war broke out. I returned to Andoria to offer my knowledge in field medicine where it was needed. When I returned to the academy, though, I was determined to complete my doctorate's program and continue to make a difference to ensure that Klingons would not claim more lives as twisted little victories. <laughs> oh, if my family heard me talking like this, they would shrink at the very words coming out of my mouth. Their pacifist ways could never understand how I feel. Klingons, deadly microorganisms, all part of the greater plan, they'd say. Well, that is a load of crap, all part of what's wrong. And I'm here to fix that. My first steps towards that goal was getting stationed on the deep space station K-7. This was my first post outside of the academy, and often a place Federation officials and Klingons alike would rest. As a physician, entertaining Klingon travelers aboard our station was not my gig. But on the many occasions they got carried away with one another on board, I would tend to their wounds. And I'll let you in on a little secret. It was for the sole purpose of gaining valued understanding into their physiology. Those reports I'd send back to Starfleet were quite valuable to our military, I would imagine. Once transferred to the USS Promise, a fine medical ship, I was granted access to her databanks. What a wealth of cutting-edge information. A big part of me really enjoyed that. After a few years aboard, I was granted a transfer to another medical ship, the USS Advocacy, where for 10 years we continued to heal those in need. When an opening for chief medical officer aboard a starship was offered me, I took it. This would be my first time serving on a heavy destroyer and exploratory cruiser. We would have the means to defend and destroy, to explore and discover. This excited the entirety of me. Now aboard this fine ship, I look forward to what awaits me. May we get along and thrive in the company of one another. May we aid those unable to help themselves. And more personal, may I find where the heck I left my medical tricorder. Ugh, that's pretty embarrassing. Oh well. Now part of my duties will be filling out medical logs. <clears throat> medical log. Chief Medical Officer Zad of the USS Hathaway. Oh, yeah. I'm going to like saying that. <laughs>